All right, so let's just get right into it here. Um, <sighs> Do you remember the voice? Oh yeah, I'm getting, I'm pulling it up right now. I'm just <laughs> you're, you're channeling the inner podcast voice. Welcome to Developers Hangout, a podcast for developers by developers, a place where we get together as often as possible and discuss a wide range of topics from the books we're reading to the latest news and commentary on other tech podcasts. I am Nathan Kirschbaum, and joining me is... Hey, I'm Al Nutilli. Hey, Al. Yeah. Here we, we are. Uh, did we make it? We made we make it. it. once a month? Yeah. So far, we're doing at least that, right. so... Cool, you know. cool. Yeah. Um, so let's jump right into it. We've got an exciting, um, an exciting podcast today. Uh, the second half here, we're actually going to jump into uh, the latest release or latest edition of uh, Tech Radar, ThoughtWorks Tech Radar. Uh, yeah. So some actually some really interesting new stuff coming out. I think we're we'll, yeah. we'll mention a few things, but um, we're mostly going to focus on some of the new stuff that's coming up. So that's exciting. Right. Right. Um, we won't do four shows like last time, and, and we're just covering the newer things. Right, right. So um, should be a lot less uh, painful for us with the, <laughs> with the stuff we don't know. Right. So <laughs> it'll be less of a comedy show and more of a or a train wreck and more of a, a regular <laughs> podcast. Yes. Um, but anyway, let's yes. uh, before we get into that, let's jump into uh, news and other happenings. So what do you what do you have going on? All right. So my tool of the uh, month is uh, a tool I made. Um, but I made it based off the PHP League skeleton, so it's called CLI Skel, oh. and it just takes their library and then uh, wraps it around uh, Silly, um, or wraps Silly around. Well, either way. But anyways, it makes for a nice like workflow for making a, a command line in PHP. Nice. And I've been making a few of these lately. And the last one I used it on just really, it just worked out really nice. It was it was almost like a little mini Laravel experience for command line PHP. Oh, that's really cool. That's a, did, did you get that idea off of just you were having problems with it was taking you a long time to build these packages or? Right. I mean, uh, just, you know, after you do something a few times, it's just that uh, nature in us to say, OK, how can I make more make this more consistent and, and, and drop all these steps I'm doing? Right. Uh, you know, testing uh, code review or code, uh, you know, Travis setup. So it's looking at the code and coverage and everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, shortcuts to for dependency injection, all that stuff that I just kept repeating myself. Yeah, that's really cool. Um, and I see you're also using CGR. We should actually talk about that sometime. Um, yeah, I didn't yeah. Even think CGR about it. is another great. Yeah, maybe I'll use that for a tool one on the on, uh, pretty soon. Yeah. Uh, I guess for those of you who don't know, it's it's kind of a it's a tool for doing. Uh, You're gonna blow my my use of it, but go for it. No, I can't use it. <laughs> so so time. it's kind of it, you would use that actually kind of as a replacement if you're doing like a global install. Like so instead of doing global composer install, you do a, like a global CGR. So it 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 helps with that type of thing. It's amazing. We'll go yeah. into more detail yeah. uh, next yeah. week or month or whatever. It's way better than composer uh, for yeah. global stuff. Yeah. Right. Right. Um, cool. So. I wanted to bring up something I read recently. I'm on a couple of um, machine learning like newsletters and channels, and I thought this one was really cool. So this it's a it's actually an article uh, from the MIT Technology Review, uh, and it's called "How Can We Optimize uh, AI for the Greatest Good Instead of Profit." Um, 
and it's kind of cool. It's um, uh, it, basically a bunch of academics, policymakers got together at a summit in Geneva uh, and got together with humanitarians and tried to like plot out a way where you could use AI algorithms, uh, the same algorithms that like big companies are using uh, today to maximize profit and predict, mm-hmm. make, make predictions. How could that be used to maximize good instead of maximizing profit? That's really neat. Um, yeah. yeah, so it's pretty cool. Um, I, yeah. I always like these, like uh, whenever you can apply, um, like the latest technology to kind of stuff that's not <laughs> as not as yeah. uh, financially lucrative, but but really impacts society. So that's cool. Yeah, it is. No, it's a it's a good way to think about it. Um, I try. I did that the other day just by chance, something like that, and uh, it was just interesting thinking how you could use it for something less. You know, like you said, like less about making money or 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 stuff. Right. Um, yeah, that could be really fun. Uh, the next one is a, is a article in the June PHP architect and it just talks about the protocol buffer. Uh, and, uh, it's the, it's a way to, uh, unlike JSON, it's, it's more efficient and, and smaller. It, it reduces the payload. So it's a way to, uh, transfer large payloads between clients. So, uh, if you're trying to get a big, uh, object from one client to another of data, it could be tempting to dump it on S3 or maybe do too much with JSON. Uh, this shows you how you can reduce the size by quite a bit and uh, speed and other things. Wow, that's really cool. Now I'm curious. Yeah. I'm going to have to – I didn't read that one yet. That's yeah. really interesting. Uh, we've run into that a uh, number of times yeah. actually. So Yeah, and we just use S3 as a placeholder, but you know, right. maybe there's some options here. Right. That's really cool. Definitely something to look into. Um, so an- another article I wanted to bring up um, – I kind of saw recently, I think on Twitter, but um, it's, a, it's an article called uh, Laravel's Dependency Injection Container In-Depth. Uh, and this is kind of cool. I like these deep dives every now and again, especially when they're well-written. Uh, mm, I forget the yeah. author's name. I think, oh, Dave Dave Miller, I think is his name. Uh, um, but uh, it's it's kind of cool. It really, it's, pr- it's pretty thorough, but it's... Um, it starts out in an area that's really accessible. So, I mean, you know, everyone, like, so in terms of Laravel, uh, obviously uh, the dependency injection container is, is one of the main features and we're all somewhat familiar with it. Uh, <clears throat> but this was really cool to kind of get a little history and also a deep dive. It go, you know, goes over everything from like a base use, uh, uh, basic usage and up to like, you know, binding interfaces and implementations, um, yeah. you know, abstract and concrete classes, um, yep. so, so it's cool. Yep. It's stuff you've maybe read about in like PHP manuals or things like that, but, uh, you know, it talks about singletons, uh, <clears throat> but, but it kind of goes into more depth and is, and is Laravel specific, uh, which I found nice. No, it's really neat. Uh, the, uh, I did deal with some of that inside of, um, that command line tool cause they use pimple, which I think right. was the base inspiration for Laravel's uh, dependency injection system. So, right. Uh, but it is some, you know, these concepts are not always up to date. Like, I don't, there's some gray areas, and this would be good to read. So, yeah, it was really cool. I, it added a little bit of light to where there had been some shadows. Yeah, yeah. It's know. not that magical once you get down to it. It's, right. it's really uh, very, uh, very nice, very yeah. efficient. All yeah. right. Well, the, the deep dive, we're ready, right? I think we're ready. Yeah. Okay. Um, where do you want to start? Actually, maybe. Well, yeah, go ahead. It goes in the two, it, there's four sections, and we're going to take on uh, the two top sections. So there's techniques, tools, platforms, language, slash frameworks. And so we're going to take on techniques and tools. Great. Um, and again, we're just going to touch on those things that are new. 
Yep. Uh, but there were quite a bit. So. Yeah, there really was. And for those of yeah. you, by the way, who maybe this is the first time right. you're listening or you're not heard of the technology radar, it's really cool. ThoughtWorks is a is a is a pretty big company in our industry. They actually have a number of different. Uh, you know, it's not just like one type of development or developers that they hire or or projects that they do. They're they're kind of all over the spectrum uh, in terms of technology. And one of the things well, that they do, except PHP, except yeah. PHP. That's right. <laughs> um, <laughs> so one of the things that they do is they put this together and uh, they basically create this radar and each quadrant. Um, and each one is uh, the one that Al just mentioned. It goes; they go through and they'll they'll basically identify things that you should adopt, things that you should trial, things that you should should assess, or things that you hold. Um, and things are always moving around. And it's pretty interesting. You can see some interesting things coming up. So we're gonna, as I was mentioning, we're gonna go through and talk about the new things. Um, so yeah, maybe you want to take us away, Al. What is a, what, was there anything in particular in the techniques that jumped out at you? Uh, well, let's just go down the list. Um, right. uh, one of them was the decoupling secret management from source code. Uh, and um, they've covered this before, but now they're really pointing uh, at HashiCorp, uh, and they call it Volt, uh, which we're trying to use now as well. Um, we're just getting into the start of it. But it sounds like it's doing. it can do a really a lot to help us manage um, uh, secrets and give temporary access to people and so forth. So when people come and go or, or whatever, we can really change things quickly. Right. And this is something that people have been experimenting with for a while, uh, you know, uh, kind of encrypting things and keeping it in uh, their Git source control, like using Git crypt or black They box. talk about that in, in, right. in some of these too. Yeah. 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 Cool. Um, all right. The next one on the list is actually called Legacy in a Box. And this is interesting. Um, it's basically like a problem, I guess, probably a lot of us have run into. We've certainly run into it where you have legacy code. You have some kind of like monolith system that for whatever reason you have to deal with. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But it is painful. It's high friction. Um, p- people just don't like to do it. Uh, so, so what this kind of concept is, Legacy in a Box, is... Um, you're basically using virtualized machine images or Docker containers, um, and you're they, what they do is they create a um, a um, a kind of a version of that that can't be changed, a mute, uh, immutable uh, version of that 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 uh, is basically passed around, and so it makes it a lot easier for developers who have to interact with it but not maintain it. Um, to, to deal with it, given the new technology. So I thought that was pretty cool. I'm not sure mm-hmm. something that applies yeah. directly to us right away, but that's pretty cool. Yeah, um, right. I mean, hopefully I'm trying to present an idea about rolling releases and how we can get more on top of that, but right. maybe we're stuck with something and this could be a good way to do it. Right. Um, the next one is progressive web applications. Um, uh, it's it's uh, originally proposed by Google in 2015. PWAs are web applications to take advantage of the latest technologies um, on mobile. And what I, I this is really neat for me because I mean I hit those apps sometimes on my phone where I'm like, wow, this is great, and it's really just their website. And I'm always impressed when you get that it's that experience. And I'm like, yeah, why do I need an app for this? So right. yeah, it's it's a really I want to dig in more to see, like, what does this mean and how can I apply it to, to some sites I have, for example. Yeah, that's really interesting. Um, I, I wonder, I mean, this must, I didn't mention this specifically in here, but I imagine that, like, some of the hybrid technologies, like Angular 4 and Ionic, um, where you uh, where, where yeah. you basically can have your web app that uh, acts and feels a lot like a native app, and then you can actually wrap that up and put it into 
a an actual native app, um, and it's the yeah. same code base, uh, same dri- you know same same driving system. Right, and then we can leave uh, PHP and go to Node. Awesome idea. <laughs> <laughs> no. Oh man, um, yeah. So that's interesting. Um, yeah. The next one on the list is actually uh, prototyping with InVision and Sketch. Now, this is pretty cool. So I think there's been a lot of – so this is something that, like, big companies, I think, have or or kind of, like, agencies have done for a while um, with people who have, like, uh, artistic talent uh, where where you're kind of sketching Mm -hmm. things out quickly, creating rich, like, you know – uh, prototypes. I know at a company I used to work for, we used, uh, I forget what the name of this was, but it was like, like we used this wireframing tool a little bit, but you had to like, it was almost like a, it was almost like a language in itself. You really had to like learn a lot to, um, to be able to use it effectively to make like interactive wireframe frames and sketches for clients. And they've had a number of tools over the year, but these ones in particular, Envision and Sketch, and I've had a little bit of experience with Sketch are really awesome. It basically, uh, gives people, uh, just, you know, the average people, um, the ability to kind of quickly sketch out like really nice, well-balanced looking UIs, um, work through business problems. And not only that, but it, um, in in some cases it can give you a starting point for your markup or front end code where, you, you know, you can actually export, uh, you know, if you're using bootstrap or whatever, whatever kind of base you want to use, it will actually give you a starting template. So if you're, you know, if you're doing a yeah. proof of concept or or something like that, you need to prove a business concept. Uh, it can save a lot of time using these tools, and non technical people can use them. So it's pretty neat. Yeah, um, yeah. I think I even own it, and I have not used it in forever. But I think it's a. I want to try it because sometimes you're trying to, um, uh, you know, explain an idea, and, and it's just so much easier if you just show it, and right. uh, instead of building it or faking it, right. uh, it could be nice just to do that. Yeah. Um, the next one is uh, conversationally aware API. So now this is in the assess section, by the way. We were no. in the trial section. Is yeah, it? right. Really? Yeah, yeah. Oh, you're right. Sorry. Yeah. Right. Uh, thank you. Um, so, and again, just uh, using. Um, well, I don't know if they mentioned any particular technology, but just how do you make the particular API or or that moment with someone talking to your system have context? Right. Uh, so it's a really uh, it's really a, it's just great. It's like, I was thinking about this the other day, making a chat uh, thing for Slack and like, you know, how could I just keep that context? And I don't think it would be too hard or, you know, even with my command line tool, could I do something there, you know, where, you know, even for fun, you're playing like a, a text-based game and it has context, like all that stuff, you know? Yeah. That's really um, cool. I've been wanting to play with like the Amazon Alexa or Google yeah. voice APIs. Yeah. But this goes beyond that. These yeah. are like, Hey, uh, build me a stack, okay? And, and it just goes down the list of things you want with that stack, but it knows you're still talking about that thing. Like, I, I don't know. I was thinking about before, and it, it just could be another way of thinking about how, how we do these these states in conversations. Yeah, that's really cool. Um, all right, so another one I wanted to bring up. So this is in Assess, and this is the next. It's not just the one I want to bring up. It's the next one in the list. Um, but it is, it's, kind of, it's an exciting one. Is um, Well, I don't know if it's exciting. Anyway, it's the next one on the list. Uh, platform <laughs> <laughs> platform engineering product teams. Yeah. Um, it's kind of the reason I thought it was kind of interesting is like it is. W- it is. W- like okay, so um, you know you get the adoption of cloud uh, of, of kind of cloud and DevOps um, recently, while increasing the productivity of teams who can uh, now move more quickly with reduced dependency on centralized operations. Um, 
the problem though is that um, you you get some of those te- some of those teams are kind of self managed, um, yeah. others are not. So so you get kind of like there's there's this I think problem in enterprise where you need you there's kind of like a there's a need for to like fill the gap between teams who can kind of be completely self managed from full stack from top to bottom and teams that. And it's not just about teams that can't. It's also like the inefficiencies about of or the un, maybe unrealisticness of everyone being able to do everything. Um, so yeah. it, was, it was pretty interesting to me. It's it, And, you know, you have to be careful well, because you don't right. want to make the mistake of creating a separate DevOps team or confusing your, you know, your existing hosting and operations structure uh, as like the platform. But yeah. uh, it was interesting. And it also includes, it's not just like an engineering team. I think when they say platform, they're also, to me, that also meant that they're talking about automation and systems. Um, yeah. So it's kind of interesting. I don't know much about it, but, um, right. but, it, but I wanted it, to get more. It's a topic we should cover in detail because we struggle with it now. And it's like you don't want to uh, separate DevOps from developers because then you have this like wall and this like delay and these things that just happen from that. But what you do want is uh, consistency in the DevOps area that you can't get if everybody's tap, you know, keyboarding away at things, right? Right. And and you don't want the developers waiting or learning or spending days doing things that just, you know, we don't need to do that, you know? Right. So there's so much value here. Um, we should come back and cover it into detail in some show, like yeah. how to find that balance between, you know, not making a new DevOps team, but having that... Um, that efficiency that comes with having just a few people focusing on that right. and, and optimizing it. Right. I agree. Um, all right. So uh, I just put that in for later. Um, so the next one is, um, what is it? Is in social whole, code? No, analysis, it's in, it's in assess. Yeah. Yeah. It's in assess. So social code analysis. Um, Basically, it says uh, enriches our understanding of code quality by overlaying developers' behavior with structural analysis of code. Uh, it's a really neat idea. Um, just taking those things that uh, the, the metadata around a commit, the time of day, and, and so forth, uh, and just bringing that into your sense of like, you know, what's going on here with code. I mean, you could even, you know, again back to the buzzword machine learning. It's like you could use these these patterns and things to figure out too, like when is this person best performing and so forth. Yeah, it's really um, interesting. Yeah. Now, now, what I point to here in the notes is, too, we have a tool called PHP Metrics, which when I went to look into their tool, I'm like, wow, ours kind of looks a lot like that. Uh, and then you could overlay the social side to it, and you might have uh, a nice uh, free, uh, you know, PHP option um, yeah. as well. So. That's really cool. Yeah. Um, all right, so I think that that does it for the assess, assess part. Yeah. Um, the next is the hold. So these are things with, where they're <laughs> recommending to proceed with caution. Um, so the new thing, one new thing added to the hold section is called CI theater, uh, and I kind of laughed <laughs> with this one because yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, you know. So these are for so obviously continuous integration. Uh, if you haven't looked into it or heard of it, it's uh, it's it's really interesting. Uh, check it out. But a lot, you know, a lot of people get confused and they and they. Or, or get distracted and they kind of will implement one part of a CI tool or one part of a CI strategy. Um, and then they'll kind of like not really do the rest. So, um, you know, and it's, it might even be the over more, it might even be the majority of people doing it, honestly. So um, it's ba- it basically, this is an anti-pattern and they're calling it CI theater. I'm not sure if they coined it or not. Um, 
but you know, ba- basic basic things that, that 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 like basic ways people screw this up would be things like you know running CI against a shared mainline, but with infrequent commits. So people are supposed to yeah. commit daily, or or yeah. um, poor test know, coverage was another big one. Right, right. Uh, or where it's yeah. not really continuous, you know, like um, yeah. the uh, yeah. So so I like their I like their one line there too, like running CI against feature branches, which results in continuous isolation. Oh, it's, a, yeah. it's an interesting wordplay or right. whatever you call it. Right. Um, but yeah, we we uh, you know it, it's some of this stuff comes down to like politics and religion. It's just not worth talking about to people who disagree with you. Right. But it's fun reading when people agree with you. <laughs> so, uh, and, you know, we've learned from them, so it's it's no surprise. Yeah, uh, Martin Fowler and, and all those people who wrote uh, Continuous Delivery Book. Right. Definitely. Uh, the last... No, there's two more for hold. And then we're done with the section called uh, Techniques. Yeah. So hold uh, has... Um, Wow, I didn't know this was in hold. Uh, enterprise, I did. I wrote it. <laughs> I put it there. Uh, enterprise-wide integration test environments. Um, so they're putting on hold uh, the idea of um, when the enterprise-wide quarterly or monthly releases were considered best practice, it was necessary to maintain a complete environment performing test cycles prior to deployment of production. Uh, and so they're just not focusing on that. Uh, it's just, it's really interesting. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I, yeah, it would be challenging. I'd have to read more about why yeah. they, they say that would not be a good idea when well, uh, right. it would be nice to plug everything together sometimes. But, you know. No, yeah, it's a good point. And I think probably, like, what, I don't know, it's good. We should look into it a little more, but I think. Well, they, the contract testing and everything exactly, else. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So, they, so yeah. they're into, into contract testing, decoupling deployments from yeah. releases, focusing Testing in production. Right, yeah. right. Yeah. 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 So stuff we're digging into all more and more as we as we hit these things, you know. Right, right. Testing and production, we could do a whole show on that um, with Behat or, or or Dusk, you know. Yeah, that would be fun. Um, all right. So last one in uh, both the hold section and the technique section of the radar. Um, this one is called uh, spec based cogen. Um, so back in the days when SOAP held sway in the enterprise software industry, the practice <laughs> of generating client code from WSDL specs, I don't even, yeah. I always call it WSDL. I don't know if that's true. Yeah, WSDL specs that's what I used to do. Uh, was an accepted, even encouraged practice. Uh, unfortunately, the resulting code was often complex, unstable, difficult to modify, and frequently didn't work across implementation platforms. Um, so yeah, this so this is a, a, a bad practice. Um, so they're saying, you know, they go on yeah. and on about this. Um, there's a tolerant reader pl- pattern. Um, we, we're using Swagger, which they mentioned to you for writing your documentation, but not right. taking it so far that you're writing your code. Right. Um, so it, 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 that is interesting. We should look at this though, because it's a, it's a, it's an interesting. I mean, they're. I, it seems like they're recommending against Swagger. No, no, they're recommending against Swagger to generate code. Okay. They're not. They're. 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 You know. They're not saying don't use it for documentation. It's just you can take Raml, Swagger. They even had UML. That was the goal of, of some of the UML stuff to to generate code from diagrams. Gotcha. 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 Uh, but again, it will happen once the bots and robots take over. But until then, they're saying don't do it. So. Yeah. But soon they won't need us. <laughs> just, I've been waiting for that day yeah, for like ten years. It'll happen. <laughs> uh, 
So the, the next section and the last one we'll cover today is called tools. Um, okay, so Airflow <laughs> is okay. a tool to programmatically create, schedule, and monitor data pipelines. Um, yeah, it's an interesting read. I, I read their website too. It's, it's, it's something I, I need to think about. Like, how do I apply this? It's a little bit out there, but not too far that I think we couldn't use this. Yeah, it's kind of interesting. Yeah, it's, it's um, a different approach than what I've ever thought about. Yeah, I, I would have to read up on it a little bit. It's a little over my head, I think. Yeah, um, exactly, exactly. <laughs> but but how many times have we, you know, created systems that then define the models or, or whatever, and sometimes it could be the other way around. Right. No, good point, good point. But all right, next one. Okay, Cake and Fake. Um, <laughs> so this one's fun. Uh, yeah, this is a short one. Uh, <laughs> uh, so so this, is, uh, this is a .NET uh, kind of technology. So MS build has been a primary, uh, build system. You're really going to go into detail about this, aren't you? Well, you know, I, I, <laughs> I no. you never know how many dot, dot net fans yeah. we might have out there. who are just listening in, you know, yeah, yeah. actually it's funny. I've actually met, maybe this is just a lot of dot net developers, but there's two or three developers. Yep. I think, you, you know, that I know on our team that, that, or that used yep. to do .NET. So, and there's some cool stuff going on there. So even some yeah. of the managers used to do .NET. Well, that's why they're managers now. <laughs> In 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 access is not dot net so okay right. uh, no <laughs> just, I know one of them <laughs> but um yeah I mean it, in in Microsoft is doing some cool stuff and and they've released some great tools um but uh, this one was what uh, um MS Build yeah I don't know right. you you're gonna keep reading. <laughs> <laughs> it's nah. so out there. It's right up there with Java. I just we'll go piss blank. off the two the yeah. two dot net followers right. we have. Moving on. Oh wait, this is way better. <laughs> Serverless framework. So this one, I just have to say, if I had more time in the day, I'd be doing this one every day, all day, um, building cool things. Uh, so they link off to the serverless framework, which is it's really really uh, it'd be a great foundation to get into how to use not only AWS but also it's abstracted out to use Google and uh, Microsoft so it can be a great way to save money because you're building frameworks that are efficient uh, with serverless yeah and uh, you're building testable code because they have that built into the framework it also um, works by the way on Apache's incubator project uh, OpenWhisk wow wow yeah so it's, I really want to get into it I, it's just there's so many things um, but yeah so that's a, that would be a good one yeah, definitely something I haven't played with enough. I've played a little bit with AWS Lambda, but I really need to get into more of the serverless framework. Yeah, I mean, even just if you have one Lambda, you can have this to at least establish that testing workflow and organization and, um, uh, you know, dev, stage, production, whatever you need to, to keep, um, you know, working with things, you know. Right. All right, so I think that did it for the trial. So we're now into the assess, and there's actually a lot of new oh, yeah. tools to assess. Yeah. I mean, we're talking like 10, something like that, 9 or 10. So the first yeah. one on the list is uh, actually Amazon Recognition, R-E-K, Recognition. Um, and this is this is pretty yeah. cool. Um, I, I looked into this a little bit because we've actually, over the last, I don't know, year, year and a half, yeah. um, developed some, uh, you know, used a few different, technologies to help us do uh some image recognition ocr type uh stuff um so this is kind of cool this is their cloud-based image uh comprehension tool um and if you're if you're into that kind of thing uh this is definitely something to look into one of the unique things um that they've done is um 
they're making faces anonymous um, using GUIDs. So that's kind of interesting. Um, I, I want to read a little more about that. I'm not sure. I'm not. I'm not exactly sure how that works. But as you know, as you, some of you probably know, one of the big controversies about mm-hmm. uh, image recognition and things like that is uh, it's pretty powerful. If you could, you know, in fact, Google used to have. I, I forget they had it out for three or four. I don't know if, you, if it was even three or four months, but um, they did do. They they actually released. I think it's probably six years ago now or something. It was only out for a little while, but you could actually do. Um, kind of image recognition in their search and it was crazy because you could like drop people's pictures in and and pull pictures of uh you know uh, them up uh, all over the internet uh which obviously (laughs) maybe it's not always a good thing um so anyway it's interesting yeah that'd be another one of those things though i'd love to just you know throw a project at it and see how it goes it's just sitting there waiting to use no no they've really done a good job of taking a lot of the, 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 the stuff out of the, the, the using these tools like ML stuff. Like I could set up sentiment analysis without a ton of like of, of knowledge of science right. stuff, just knowing what I want and, and how these things can work. Right. Yeah. And folks, for folks with just a little bit of knowledge, I mean, this is pretty cool stuff. It's not just yeah. saying like, Oh, I've got an image. I'm going to extract ta- text from the image. Yeah. Um, that, that's, I mean, that's, that's been difficult, but it, but watch so, the video. It even, it even grabs us, uh, emotion. <laughs> oh yeah. Emotion. And it, you know, like it'll, it can tell there's that it's a hand or that yeah. they're people or that they're male or yeah. female. There's all kinds yeah. of stuff. It's, it's really cool. Fun stuff. Um, the, the, Oh, I spelt it wrong. Claudia is the next one. Uh, Claudia, Makes it easy to deploy Node.js projects to AWS uh, and API Gateway. So, um, again, that could be fun. I mean, Node.js and the whole serverless thing and Lambda um, and APIs. I mean, before long, you have this whole routing system. Right. So that's really cool. So this tool automates the deployment uh, in those services, I guess. Yeah, just like the serverless framework does, but maybe this is more focused on uh, something. That makes sense. Yeah. Cool. all right, next one on the list is called Inspect. This is um, good. Yeah, this is kind of cool. So I'll, I'll just read the first little part here. So how does a business hand autonomy to delivery teams while still making sure their de- uh, deployed solutions are safe and compliant? How do you ensure that servers, once deployed, remain secure and compliant over the operational lifetime? These are problems that Inspect tries to address. Inspect mm-hmm. is a infrastructure testing tool inspired by server spec, something I think we've mentioned yeah. before, uh, yeah. but with modifications that make the tool more useful for security professionals. Pretty cool yeah. stuff. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I'm doing a lot of uh, stuff now where I have to QA every build, and I'm like, man, this is why am I not doing this? Uh, no different than being going from testing manually to testing automatic uh, code, you know? Right, right. Um, well, yeah, especially when it's like you've got... You know, at this point, it's like when you're when you start managing like 30, 40, 100 stacks. I mean, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. got to do it almost. Uh, the next one in assess for tech tech uh, tools is Molecule. Uh, and uh, let's see what I sum it up. Ah, nice. This is an Ansible role testing. Uh, so again, Ansible is a really friendly tool. Uh, to to do uh, server like scripting setups like Git pull in cron jobs anything you can imagine you do on your server uh, it makes answer it makes uh, that stuff a breeze and yeah and this is We're the roles feature That's yeah cool. and and I need to start using this to test my roles because they are a little tricky to test and uh, I just need to do it so That's molecule really cool. I'm really excited about that yeah. All right, next new item on the list is called Space Max. Um, <laughs> so this one's kind of cool. Um, 
No, it's not. Especially for those of you, yeah. So maybe <laughs> not for if you're dry. if you're an Emacs fan, yeah. this might be kind of cool for you. Um, yeah. So um, yeah, it's basically just it provides an introduction to the Emacs platform. Uh, it's got a, a new keyboard user interface, simplified customization layers, a curated distribution of Jeez. Emacs packages. Um, Al's going to start using it. No, it, 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 I, no, no, no joking. This stuff is kind of cool. The Vim, I wish I could master Vim more, uh, but you know, all this stuff is really neat, I, I think. Yeah. Um, so uh, Spacey is the next one. It's a natural uh, language pro- processing uh, library written hmm. in Python. So... Uh, just another tool. In uh, uh, in most of this, basically the theme to this radar is um, I had it written down. It's basically the theme is microservices and machine learning. That's it. Right. Uh, but you know, so this is another one of those tools that's come out that uh, we can start using. Yeah, that's really cool. So it sounds like it plays nice with TensorFlow, uh, and yeah, like you were saying, the other Python uh, AI ecosystem tools. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right, uh, next one on the list is called Spinnaker, and I've heard of this one before. Um, this is kind of interesting. Yeah. So um, it's, a, it's a tool uh, that Netflix uh, has open-sourced. It's uh, microservices. Uh, it's continuous delivery. It's a platform. Um, so it's, uh, they say, compared to other uh, CID, CD platforms, Spinnaker implements cluster management and deployment of baked images to cloud as first-class features, it supports out-of-the-box deployment and cluster management for multiple cloud providers such as Google, AWS, and Pivotal Cloud Foundry. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, <laughs> just another thing on the list. Um, yeah. I've looked into a few of their tools before, and they're always so, like, huge and enterprisey that... Yeah. Uh, they're good for ideas, though, but yeah. but I just have never been able to apply them directly it's to... It's a good point about the ideas. Uh, what was yeah. that one they have that it's kind of funny? Uh, monkey something? Oh, right, right, right. Chaos uh, Monkey? Yeah. That, we got to start doing that at work. Yeah. So Al's referring to this package they have that they wanted to build this redundant system that was so good that they, built, they actually built a package... Well, the whole point of it was to cause chaos in their system. So it would do things like just randomly terminate uh, servers um, yeah. and cause all kinds of havoc uh, to make sure that they were able to continuously respond to these yeah. things without having their customers experience uh, problems. Pretty cool. It's totally. I mean, we just need to start doing that. Yeah. Uh, and I think, let's see. So that's Spinnaker. So the next one. Uh, of the two more to go, because I didn't have any holds in this one, uh, is Test Infra. Uh, and I think I have some notes. Um, so too much manual QA for me right now. And so this is about like testing your infrastructure. Aims to be a server spec equivalent, but in Python. Uh, the other ones are in Ruby, if I remember. Uh, and is written as a plug-in to the PyTest test engine. So maybe I would check out this one. Uh, I like Ruby, but uh, just because I do want to learn some Python. So yeah. that's test infra. That's cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, we've been getting into Python more and more. I think I want to start uh, using more of their tools as well. Yeah, yeah. It's, a, it's, a, it's so accessible, that language. Just open the command, command line and get going. Yeah. I'm still, I mean, I made that PHP command line tool because I'm still stubborn. Like, man, I just like PHP, and it, it, how can we get it that efficient? Yeah. Um, well, even the Docker stuff, I've been, I've been looking at some of the Docker stuff we've been doing recently as I, I kind of been moving on to a, 
another project or helping out another project but um yeah and it's it's in docker a lot or a part of it is in docker and um yeah. it's really cool stuff but a lot of it is scripted in python um hmm. so i've been yeah. kind of getting into that um all right next one on the list and actually this yeah. is the last one on the list yeah. and al's jealous that it's mine and not no his not to at talk all about. oh really all. you don't like I, it yarn. so the, so the, i appreciate the heck out of it yes okay I, mean, I do so, so um this is yarn and um uh, I heard about this a couple months ago or a few months ago. And, um, so basically what this is, it's a new package manager that it, it, it replaces the existing workflow for NPM client while remaining compatible with the NPM registry. Um, so basically, uh, in short, what this does is it, it actually, it'll create like a yarn.lock file similar to how composer.lock works. Yeah, it's actually yeah. basically exactly the same. Um, and it, it is, it, for me, it has been kind of a godsend in a way. Like I, yeah. I don't know. Half the time I was fighting NPM. I know. Uh, you know, it's just like, can I just say composer is amazing. Like for years I've been using it and I'm like, I never had such an easy, consistent, good, fast experience. Right. Gems or NPM or pip is the closest I've gotten to. And it's like, man, it's just so, so, uh, so nice. And, and, yeah. and, to, and, you know, now they have yarn, which is great. They're catching up in a relative sense but i'm just saying like it just reminds me yeah. how good we've had it for a couple of years now yeah now interestingly enough i was actually talking to another developer today and um uh apparently npm5 which is out yeah. um yeah. is also does this thing similar yeah. to yarn where it does the lock sense. um but yeah i, I really like so between yarn and then the the other tool you showed me the cgr because yeah. uh, I always had problems doing global composer installs. So between those two tools, like I'm those two those two tools, Yarn and CGR might be like my favorite new tools this year. I don't know. Yeah, we'll that's a good point. We should actually talk about that at our last podcast of the year. Like, yeah. it'd be fun yeah. to see what your favorite your favorite uh, in the new, in the new stuff yeah, no, that's was. a great idea. And the people on our team who are the more JavaScript focused, they all seem to really like Yarn a lot. So it's doing good. Yeah. Uh, but it's a really good idea for uh, end of year tools. And by the way, Yarn. So the cool thing about Yarn is check it out because you can use it on old project. Like it's not like yeah, heavy right. weight weird stuff. It's like it literally will take you like thirty seconds to install, and yep. you you just run it, and it runs. It, it, it yeah. aside from running the Yarn command, it works just like npm except no problems. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So it's pretty no, awesome. It's, it's you could really you could good. run it on Laravel four two if you wanted to, or whatever non Laravel no, project. It's a great idea. I mean, it's yeah. just simply doing what it's doing. You know, creating that that uh, lock file right um all right i mean we have two more topics to go platforms languages and frameworks uh languages slash frameworks um we're gonna save that for the next show or the one after um so uh but that is it for this one uh anything else nathan no i think that's it for me good good show (laughs) all right all right Yeah, lots of new things, lots of good stuff. All right, we'll talk to y'all later. Thanks again for listening to the show. If you can just take a moment to rate us on iTunes, it's a big, big help. Or you can follow us on Twitter at Devs Hangout and tweet about the show. Another way is to visit our website at developershangout.io. Leave comments, suggestions, and see show notes. Uh, It really helps us to get the feedback. Keeps us focused, gives us ideas, gives us energy for the next show. And once more, we just want to say thanks to our sponsors, PHP Art for putting out a great magazine every month and including us in it. Thanks again. See you next show.